never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about The Lost Apostle, the latest That's episode it. of the show. Not The Last Apostle. I just want to point out, Justin and Pete definitely got it both wrong right before we taped. <laughs> I was the only wow. one who got it right. Uh, wow. So, screw wow. you guys. Alex, rewriting history once again, like a rogue <laughs> wow. god. Yep, pretty much. Uh, this is the sixth episode. We're getting very close to the end game here. As this always, this is the last uh, episode, Alex. I think this is the last episode. It's oh, the is last it? Season. Is this the last episode of the show? Well, did you remember the end? Uh, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. I didn't really think about that. Um, it's over. Jesse did. Well, what did you think about the series as a whole? Then how how do you think it wrapped up? I don't like this bit. <laughs> I feel it was odd that the hero just died and nothing happened. Right. But I guess, you know, if you're going to end it that way, you end it that way. I feel like they really tied things up with Tulip in the first episode, always said, I want to ride in a plane. I want to drive a plane. Weird way of saying that. But she said, I want to drive a plane. And then she did. Yeah, that's I guess that's a character arc right there. Right. And Cassidy it's sort of was a nihilistic. A, yeah. Well, Cassidy was on a plane in the very first episode of the show. And he mm-hmm. said, you guys will never burn off my arm. And then he did. Wow, exactly. spoilers. Yeah, Full well, circle. It, it brought everything around. So We're Pete really Howard, jumping ahead here. This is great. Last episode of the show. I'm glad we finally got to wrap it up. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace See off. you later on the next <laughs> Preacher Men. We should start covering regular religion now. <laughs> Probably. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Recapping just a good idea. preachers. <laughs> yeah. The podcast must go on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is book one of the Bible. Uh, Genesis, I think. We're going to start there. A lot of fun setup in this one. Yeah, a lot of begatting. Yeah, a lot of what I just got to say is uh, Bible for sex. <laughs> uh, no, this is not the last episode of Preacher. There's still a couple left to go. But Pete, as our number yep. one Preacher fan who is a preacher man on the podcast. How'd you feel about this episode? How are you feeling about getting this close to the end? Uh, it's scary, but I'm, I'm really loving these episodes and I feel like they're doing such a great job. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it's off book, but sometimes it's right on. So it's really cool. I think they're making such uh, smart choices when it comes to, um, knowing when to kind of go off the material and know when to kind of stay in the pocket. Now, Justin, you are a classically trained actor. To Pete's point that they're not always that is off, correct. off book, sometimes they're like kind of looking and checking the script and scenes. How do you feel about that? Well, uh, back in Shakespearean days, the first oh folio was a type <laughs> of acting in which every actor held the script, what was called a role, wasn't a full script, in their hand. So that was acting in its um, native state. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you for the color on that one. I really appreciate it. I love color. (laughs) Before we get into the episode itself, lots of stuff we probably need to recap here, because as we mentioned, we are getting very close to the end. But Jesse Custer is a preacher of the title. Mm -hmm. That's where they get Mm -hmm. the title of the show. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. all you need to know. Short recap. Nice job. Way to recap. recap. (laughs) No problem. Keeping it tight. 
Keep it so tight. he has a being called Genesis inside of him that allows him to compel almost anybody to do whatever he wants. He has been on a series long journey to find God, ask God some questions, specifically why his life sucks so much and why God seems to have abandoned the world and heaven and everything else. Meanwhile, the literal God behind the scenes has been manipulating Jesse this entire time. God has an adorable little workshop where he has a bunch of action figures and play sets and things like Hell that. Hell yeah. And we've seen how since the very beginning, God has been pushing Jesse in some sort of direction. We're not uh, still not 100% sure what God's ultimate plan is, but isn't that true of life as well? Wow. Now, God is wow. working... <laughs> Did you want to say something, Justin? No, I love your uh, your recaps. They really get into the underbelly of this show. Yeah, the, and the underbelly of life. Exactly. Wow. That's so what it's all about. God has been working with an organization called The Grail. The Grail is run by a dude named Hare Star, who has slowly become mutilated over the course of the series with his interactions with Jesse. He's pretty pissed off about it, specifically about getting his head cut so that it looks like a penis. He's His plan for revenge is to cut a vagina on Jesse Custer's head, which frankly seems like a very small plan for revenge, but it is what it is. Meanwhile, Hare Star and The Grail are working with God to jumpstart the apocalypse, the literal apocalypse, by blowing up a nuclear bomb near the rock formation in Australia, the Lost Apostle, that the episode takes its name from. Uh, Also with the Grail are Jesus and Hitler. Jesus represents heaven in the negotiations on the apocalypse. Hitler is the actual Hitler who has taken over hell. He represents hell in these negotiations on the apocalypse. And the other folks you need to know about at the Grail are Featherstone, who really has it out for Tulip, who is Jesse's on-again, off-again girlfriend. That is not true. I mean, it's true. Uh, It's very off. They're a boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm just going to say it's very off by the end of this episode because Jesse's dead. The Aww. ultimate off. Read it felt letter. a little, Pete, I gotta say it felt a little on again this episode and then off Thank again. you, Justin. Yeah. And Thank then you. off again. Uh, you had to ruin it. Uh, there's also just... Hoover 2 who is a new character <laughs> we've met. He is a all business assistant working for Hair Star. Hair Star seems to have a little bit of a thing for him and specifically mm-hmm. wants to regain his looks through his deal with God in order to get with Hoover 2. I think that's pretty clear, even though that hasn't been stated out loud. Uh, also on the Jesus and Hitler bunch, uh, bent, it should be mentioned that as, uh, they're pretty straightforward. Their character's kind of what you'd expect, uh, except Jesus is very nice, very giving, very loving. He just doesn't want the responsibility that his job entails. Hitler, on the other hand, is definitely Hitler, but he's learned a couple of things over the intervening years and seems to have a gentler personality, at least at points. You've been saying that for a long time, Alex. Hitler actually makes some good points. (laughs) You know, I was reading this book of his the other day, and I was like, this is a pretty good book. Good plot. No? 
All right. I, I'm Jewish. I think I'm allowed to say these things. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Particularly man. because I do not mean them at all. Uh, Tulip, as we mentioned, is hot on the trail of Jesse. She has once again teamed up with Cassidy, the vampire who is probably best described as Jesse's best frenemy. I think that's fair to say. Uh, he definitely has a thing for Tulip. At one point, Tulip had a thing for Cassidy, but they are both going after Jesse together in the Australian Outback. There's other people that are going after Jesse, or rather got Jesse last episode. This is the Saint of Killers, who is an immortal being, unstoppable being. He has bullets that can shoot through the earth, and seemingly he killed Jesse last episode. We find out a little bit more about this this episode. The other person who's tried to kill slash was going after Jesse is Eugene, a.k.a. Arseface, who blames Jesse, rightly so, for sending him to hell for absolutely no reason, and realized that Well, he was being a little bit annoying. Who? Jesse or Arseface? Arseface. What do you mean he was being wow. annoying? Well, the, the reason he sent him to hell is because he wouldn't leave Jesse alone. He kept bothering him, asking him questions, and he was just like, go to hell! It was like, you know, a little bit of a frustration moment. You snap at somebody, you know? Sure. That doesn't I, I, mean it's cool. Yeah. I didn't say it was cool. A, I'm just saying he wasn't like he wasn't doing anything. He was being a little annoying. Wow. Sure. I, I think I think this is one of those cases where the punishment doesn't necessarily fit the crime. I agree yeah. with you, but you acted like he was just strolling down the street being innocent old art space. He was being a little annoying. Sure. What do you think a good punishment would be for him for being so chatty? Uh, for trying to know, talk maybe. to his preacher. <laughs> yeah, asking religion questions of his preacher. What's a good punishment for that? I'm just saying, like, Slit you know, his so- fucking throat, Pete. <laughs> yeah, what religion are you creating here, Pete? <laughs> the, Pete is a, the first precept of Peteism is don't ask any questions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Stop being annoying. <laughs> End of religion. Uh, so Eugene didn't really forgive him or rather found that Jesse's apology is not exactly what he wants. So he shot him, which, again, is the second precept of Peteism, where uh, if you don't like the answer that somebody gives you, shoot them in the fucking chest. <laughs> yeah. Thou shalt not fucketh anyone over or else <laughs> you'll get it in the chest. Yeah, I, I like the fact that the book of Pete is really more of a pamphlet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, keep it light. Get reading. to the fun stuff. So there you go. There's your recap. Let's jump into the episode. Uh, I, I got to say, as opposed to the last couple of episodes where I jotted down a ton of notes, this one, only a couple. Uh, uh, not not quite as many. I feel like it was a much what? simpler episode overall. Did you guys just the same way? Yeah, we're just watching stuff happen. That's what TV is. You just describe TV. That's right. And I, I think that's a pretty disagree. accurate understanding of this episode. It's TV. I got pages of notes over here. Really? On yeah. envelopes or just regularly? On the back of my Con Ed bill. <laughs> oh, boy. Really? Do you know what, uh, your birthday is coming up, right, Pete? Uh, or it, it just was, passed? It passed, yeah. Oh, it just passed. Uh, all right. I don't think I got you a present. I'm going to get you a ream of paper. How does that sound? That. That's a waste. It's a, you're killing trees. Don't do I that. I know. Wow. A ream. A ream. That's a, that's a solid amount of paper. <laughs> you know, they say a re- getting a ream of paper, a ream is a dream. Mm. <laughs> a ream come true. 
All right, let's jump into the episode. So we kick off with an old-timey movie, God is Watching Himself on TV. It's a movie As about Abraham. What was your take on this movie? Was this an actual movie? We, we've we seen that Mark Herlick, the actor who plays God, also played an actor who was playing God back in season one. So my interpretation was this was a movie that actor made versus God having a memory. But I was curious to hear what you guys thought. Well, it's interesting that it was sort of a Goodfellas version of the Abraham myth uh, with some strong accent work. Um, so, yeah, I think it or is God remembering back in a stupid way. Uh, I kind of thought it was like how we saw the audition. It was stuff that they shot for the you know show that they were making, uh, but it was real to God. Yeah. I would watch a whole movie of that. A uh, yeah. very Marlon Brando Abraham. I thought that was yeah. fun. I but, mean, uh, it could also be because uh, later we see God with his models and that comes into play at the end of the episode. Maybe that was him sort of play, literally playing God and doing funny voices for these characters. Yeah. Uh, I also think it ties into what we've talked about a lot here on the podcast that I think my theory is God's whole plan is just for Jesse to be like, you're a cool dude. God, that's all he wants. Like he just wants people to praise him. That's it. All of this at the end of the day, I feel like we're going to get a seed of Jesse be like, why did you put me through this? And God's like, I just want you to say thanks. That's all. And it's going to piss Jesse off. Yeah. I think uh, from the rewinding and rewatching and you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. God really wants people to like him and worship him. Yeah, and I think he's he's reliving his greatest hits, right? Yeah. And it seems like for whatever reason, uh, in the Bible, which we're going to start covering in a couple weeks, uh, he God just randomly chooses someone who's like, well, you know what? Fuck you. And goes out, <laughs> like, fucks up their life for a while to prove that they like him and still worship him no matter what he does. Like testing the the barriers kind of a thing in the raptor Jurassic Park sense. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like this God is kind of like a little bit of like a washed up townie where he's just remembering like back in high school, man, I was cool. I used to be somebody and now I don't feel like that at all. I mean, that would tie into the plans for the apocalypse, right? That he yeah. just wants to blow it all up and start everything clean again uh, because he doesn't care. He just wants people who like him. Same thing he did with that brontosaurus, uh, excuse me, the patasaurus a couple a of episodes back. Yes. Patasaurus. I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, yeah, people are very fucking sensitive when it comes to dinosaurs, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. uh, that's one of the third precepts of the book of Pete is stop being so fucking sensitive about dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. I, I want to mention on behalf of the American Museum of Natural History, stop handing out your pamphlet there. <laughs> they don't like it. I don't care. Pete, what, what's your heaven and hell situation? Like, where's the final sort of afterlife in, in Pete? Uh, well, the fun part about my heaven and hell it's the same, the same place. place. It's the same place. <laughs> I knew place. it. I knew it. It's, it's this really cool diner, but hell doesn't have anyone who works there, and you're really trying to get a burger, and having the wet, wait staff is unbelievable. It's the same. It's the same. Wait a second. It's the same diner. It's crazy because you clearly thought about this. Uh, it's the same diner, and one half has a waiter, and one half doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Not even the food is different. 
just the wait staff is better. Yeah, because the people in hell can see how great the people in heaven are enjoying the food and how good the food is, but they can't get any. Well, wow. they can. It's one big diner. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a, it's just like a little trolley car, you know. It's like a nice little cute little diner. A trolley car? A trolley yeah, car? Like riceroni? You know, you know how they convert like uh, you know like uh, train cars into little diners and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do not know that. <laughs> well, that's a thing. Oh, okay. Is there a diner better, that you went to where there was good service at the other end, and you were pissed off about it? No, nope. Alex. I just gotta say, you gotta get your head on straight if you want to be sitting in the part of heaven with a waiter. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> you better get your shit tight, dude. You want to be over there being like, "Excuse me, I need some ketchup." Uh, is there anyone? Can I just get some ketchup? A little ketchup for my burger. Am I? Am I allowed to go up and get my own food in Pete Hell? Nope. Okay. I don't like this religion. All right, so God is watching himself <laughs> on TV, uh, and then we cut to Star. Hair Star is chatting with God. They've decided to initiate phase two, mm-hmm. which is Escalate. Uh, oh, one other thing that we should probably mention that I, di- I didn't mention in the recap is there is a eventual descendant of God and Jesus named Humperdew, who is inbred. He is also lost because there are a bunch of clones of him that Jesse let loose in the world last season. And Hairstar has been lying to God, which seems like a very bad stratagem about where Humperdew is, even though God keeps dropping information to Hairstar saying, oh, Humperdew, I love that kid. Can't wait to see him. You know where he is, right? And repeatedly, Hairstar says, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. He, the last excuse he uses in this is he's getting his feet waxed, which is a new one. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. When you have hairy feet like Humperdue does, you got to get them cleaned up. Yep. He's the original hobbit. So <laughs> then a car drops off the remains of the New Zealand prime minister from a car barked with Australia markings, which is it's the... Not, it's- it's not just a car, it's an Escalade. I just wanted to point that oh, out. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, the resident car expert, Pete LePage. The, uh, this is something that was set up in a previous episode. The Prime Minister of New Zealand was blown up and stuck in a box. Uh, and they are, of course, starting the war by escalating the natural tensions between Australia and New Zealand that have always been there. I thought this was very, I mean, I'm assuming this is in the comic. Uh, I thought this was such a weird, like, why Australia and New Zealand? Um, as Bloody the Kiwis. Sort of, yeah, no, it's just a funny, weird thing. They're, uh, I mean, Australians are uh, sort of uh, aggressive people at times, I guess. So, but you wouldn't expect them to be the uh, powder keg that launches World War Three or the apocalypse. I mean, I think that's the joke, right? Yeah, like that's the that, fun of it. Yeah, is that... The way they depict the Australians on the show across the board is everybody is very friendly and very helpful all the time and just kind of asking some questions and hanging out. And same thing with the New Zealanders. Uh, So the way that I took that joke is there's no reason there would be any natural tensions at all between these two countries. So, yeah, let's throw them in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pete, Uh, do you want to try out? Oh, yeah. You want to do accents? Yeah. You want to do accent some accent audition? work? No, I'm good. Thank you. Now, let's hear your Australian accent. I'm not a classically trained actor. Thanks. 
I'm not a classically trained actor. That's, see, that's ridiculous. What, you British? sound like Willow. You sound like Willow. <laughs> you <Thank> are great. <laughs> you can't you feed a baby much. black root. Well, that's it for me on the podcast. I uh, All I wanted was for Justin at some point to say, you sound like Willow, and now I'm out. Game over. Uh, Pete, how about all this, like, car porn in this episode? There's so much just beauty shots of cars in this episode. I know, right? Especially when Tulip's driving. It was phenomenal. I got notes on it, man. Just how great it was. Do you want to share any of those notes, or do you want to keep them private? I keep them private for my private uh, Bible that I'm writing about cars. <laughs> no, but I just think it's uh, it's such a great expression of when like tulips mad or intense, or whatever. Just seeing her tear down the road, uh, it's such a cool part about tulip as a character that it's uh, she is such a badass, and especially when she's in her car, she's kind of really in her element. So to see her like tear across the road and kind of uh, uh, such a like cool way it's uh, just so exciting and uh, fun to watch i could literally watch half the episode of her just kind of tooling around well that's driving is cool that's where we get to next which is tulip and cassidy they're zooming around they bust into the australians and tell them they need to track down jesse they're on the case and they say who are you and they say we're we're the americans we're the americans we're the americans and everybody's like oh the americans are here and immediately become deferential i thought this was such a funny bit yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, Cassidy's American accent was very funny, very good. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then he got like excited, lost it for a second, then went right back into it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I would. It, they're not going to do a spinoff of Preacher, but if they ever did, I would love to watch at least like a short series or something of Ruth Negga and Joseph Gilgan going around as two hard driving American cops because they're so funny together in this episode. Yeah, yeah, really is. Uh, so they talk to the cops. They're trying to track down Jesse, but instead what they find is Eugene. And again, I thought this was a very interesting look back through the history of the series relationship for the characters because they haven't seen Eugene for a while. And Tulip and Cassidy are both relating to him in a very different way. Yeah. yeah I feel like he got a raw deal in this episode and it almost feels like we're done with him, which I oh, don't say that. Well, I, I don't know. It, it feels like his it was all building up to the fact that he didn't forgive uh, Jesse. And that's we saw that last episode. And then he's sort of a side note here when to me, he's one of the most compelling characters of the whole series. Well, well, easy there. But first off, like he wanted to forgive. It's not like he didn't want to forgive. He wanted to forgive Jesse. He's all about forgiveness and do, doing what is right. But then when Jesse said he was sorry, he realized it wasn't enough. And that's when he kind of lashed out. It's not like he, from the beginning, was like, I'm going to shoot Jesse, I'm going to shoot Jesse. I think he yeah. tried to do what was right. But I think that's the, sort of the comment on religion. Like, everyone's trying to do the right thing, but in the end, you just give in to your base desires. Ooh, is that's that like, in the? That's like Pedism. Yeah. No, you know you, my you gotta you gotta live a little better than that. Wait, do you <laughs> have to try to do the right thing in Pedism, or do you just do whatever you, you want? You either do the right thing or you get punished. There's no fucking points for trying. Wow. <laughs> so, commandment Very one, black and white. Commandment one, yo, you got to do a little better than that. Commandment two, yeah. there's no points for trying. Yeah. 
Wow. This is deep. Yeah. This is great. Really, I, I, really good stuff. I love it. Uh, so uh, Eugene explains that Jesse is definitely dead, but if he's not dead, he feels bad for him. And that turns out because Jesse is being tortured by the Saint of Killers. Yeah, he and is. there's a little bit of a twist here. I actually did not quite see this coming. I thought based on everything that we had been told that the saint did want to kill Jesse, but it turns out, no, the saint actually wants to kill God and he wants Jesse to help him. Uh, And over the course of the episode, they're walking around, they're talking, they're having these two different aspects of this philosophy. Uh, What did you think about what the saint was doing this episode about Jesse's side of the conversation? All of that chunk of the plot line. I thought it was really interesting because it's like, I got very excited that they were going to kind of like team up and go take on God and uh, that could really kind of mess up God's plan. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jesse was just kind of duping uh, the saint of killers so he could get close to him. Uh, but it was a fun twist. The fact of like, we, you have this humongous, uh, angry person, uh, with these magical guns and Jesse kind of convinces him like, you know, this is all God's fault, man. Like, let's go get him. Well, I thought it was, to me it was more that um, the Saints' time with Eugene um, actually affected him. And he was like, you know what? God's the one behind all this. And if this, like, pure, innocent man who's had a really tough go of it um, can't have a nice life, we have to change the system. Because um, I, I was surprised Jesse was so cocky in, throughout this whole section. And then he's defending God all of a sudden. So Jesse's faith is suddenly not shaken, while the saint is totally changed over philosophically as well. Yeah, I think part of that is because Jesse can't control the saint. Genesis doesn't work on him, that he needs to convince him to get what he wants another way. And so is using his natural charisma, uh, his natural abilities to get people to do what he wants that he honed back in Angelville versus relying on Genesis. Mm -hmm. It was funny when he tried Genesis though. Yes. Yeah, that was funny. Yes. And the saint just kind of nodding and be like, ah, it's not going to work. Yeah. So Uh, where, where is Jesse right now with God then? Is he being sincere when he's sort of still defending God or is he the angry? No, he uh, was just, he was just kind of playing. Cause when Jesse would tell him to eat shit twice, which is hysterical, um, and then he kind of like talks to him about the why and kind of tells a little bit about his sob story and why he's upset at God. And he's like, don't you just want to ask him why? And I think that was also kind of like saying of killers being like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I, that's been Jesse's M.O. the entire series is Jesse doesn't want to kill God. Jesse is struggling with his own faith. And what he wants to do is really just ask God a question. That's it. He wants God to give him a straight answer about something. Yeah. So uh, they have that conversation. Meanwhile, back at the Grail, Hitler and Jesus are negotiating which souls are going to heaven and which to hell. Uh, This was was a fun, interesting conversation. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I loved how Hitler was like, let me get this straight. They can be an asshole their whole life. The last second they... They say, you know, please, please forgive me, and, and they get to go to heaven. That's that was, always really bothered that back me. And f- That's bothered me about Christianity. It's one of the reasons why I'm like, I can't buy into this whole religion, because you can just, anybody can get in if they just say one thing when they die. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's the why 
Hitler saying it makes it so much more funny, you know? Yeah. Hitler, one of history's funniest guys. Uh, If I may offer up uh, while we're talking about the afterlife thing, this is one of my favorite facts about the Jewish religion uh, is, uh, first of all, there's no focus on the afterlife whatsoever. They never really talk about it or anything like that. Uh, There's a lot of focus on a lot of other things, but you really have to kind of dig into the Torah to find out any sort of information about what rabbis and other uh, scholars think about the afterlife. There's scant mention of it, but where there is, it's a place called Sheol. And Sheol is essentially a big gray valley that everybody goes to after they die. And that's it. And the idea there is you could be Hitler having done the absolute worst things in your life and you go to Sheol. You could be the absolute most pious man in the world and you go to Sheol. That's where everybody goes no matter what they do. So the emphasis there is you do things in your life. You should be doing good works because you want to do good works because it makes you feel good. It makes the world around you better in life versus some perceived reward that you're going to get after you die. Sounds a lot like Pietism. Uh, Pete, if you want to adopt that, no, go he for are, it. I, why is the Jewish faith ripping off Pietism? Yeah, uh, that is a good question. First they, off, also, Sheol, they do describe it as a diner and a trolley where you either get good service or bad service. Nice. <laughs> there you uh, go. First, <laughs> first off, it. a big gray valley does not sound enticing at all. That's the thing. It's it doesn't matter. It's that is potentially where everybody goes, and you're just kind of there. With each other, that's it. Yeah, but you got to spend eternity in a big gray valley. That's kind of blows. I love man. a valley. Valley's great, man. But right. It's like, gray. It's Again, nice. It's like sh- there's shade. You don't. There's, you don't know that. There's probably when a lake. you get there. Yeah. You don't necessarily have worries or any responsibilities. Like you don't have to worry about where the ketchup is coming from or anything like that. Which I know yeah. is your prime concern, Pete. But again, the focus is on. Do what you do while you're alive because it doesn't matter what happens after you die. Yeah, because you're going to a gray-ass valley where there's no color. I'll tell you what. It's all gray. gray There's no sun. There's no nothing. Good news. Is it the same valley? Is it the same valley as Hidden Valley Ranch? (laughs) No, because there's colors in Hidden Valley Ranch. Just a A little little bit of green. (laughs) Green dots. Yeah, green dots from whatever plant they're using. Uh, cool. Thanks for uh, being anti-Semitic, Pete. Really hey, appreciate it's it. It's the least I could do. I appreciate you <laughs> trying to label me as something where, you know, it's the first time I'm hearing about the Great Valley, all right? I'm just kind of, you know. It was the first Pete's time pissed? I was hearing about trolley hell, but I was pretty nice about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It really is a meeting of the minds here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, sorry, Salvin. I, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You're allowed to insult Sheol. It's not a really big deal. Uh, because, again, <laughs> nobody cares about it. Nobody cares about it. Yeah, we can talk about time. this for the rest of the time in the, our, the, our little podcast section of the Gray Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all oh, the podcasts you're saying. This up. is in the Bible. They have real primo <laughs> podcasting equipment. <laughs> oh, oh, that's tight. See, that's tight. A little, little sunshine after all. But if you did bad things, the wait list to use the studio is <laughs> oh. very. Oh, oh man, that's got to be rough. Maybe we're in Sheol right now, guys. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> I see so color, Tulip man. and Cassidy start driving around. Uh, they're looking for Jesse. Uh, this might be maybe I was just not paying enough attention, but they find a shack 
and there's a family that seemingly is hung inside of the shack. Yeah. What what was going on there? I definitely well, missed something. Because the Saint of Killers was walking to that place to threaten Jesse, and Jesse's like, no. And so the Saint of Killers cu- killed those that family, hung them, uh, so that Jesse would kind of get in line with, you know, because Jesse was being a douche, and Saint of Killers is like, hey, man, I'm serious. And so he uh, kills some humans to get Jesse to kind of get in line. Oh, I didn't get that. Because I, I was confused as well, Alex. To me, I thought it was something that was furthering the Australia versus New Zealand story. Hmm. Oh, I, I, think, I think Pete's right, though, because there's definitely that shot of the saint walking towards the shack. That's a weird move, I think. It was weird. Well, yeah. it's just they weird. don't want to... They're not going to show... You know, it's just... Uh, the time to spend, it's more powerful just to kind of show the feet than to show the Santa Killers actually doing the deed, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the show Australian the New Zealand bent, though, tensions start to build as a truck with, carrying a nuclear bomb, a very cartoony nuclear bomb, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, drives to the Lost Apostle. Uh, and to jump ahead a little bit, when they get there, there's an Australian tourist who comes on them. And says, hey, what are you guys doing? What's going on here? Uh, and they say, oh, we're New Zealanders. We're going to blow up this bomb. And he says, no, you're not New Zealanders. And then they shoot him and kill him. Yeah. Uh, again, fun scene. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yes. Great accent work. Yeah. Across the board, I was really impressed. And I thought maybe they were New Zealanders based on how they were talking. So Exactly. Um, I, I would... I would like to back up the truck for a moment. We got a great uh, title card with the Outback uh, there. That was really just a lot of fun. The, the <laughs> one that said the Outback? Yeah. What was fun about that? What was fun about that? It was just a giant kind of title card that said the Outback. I like what they <laughs> do when they do the title card stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> All right. I just I just thought it was identifying it as the Outback, but well, they yeah. kind of they they have it's fun the with their pleasures. title cards in this in this show in general, and I love when they do it. It's fun. Yeah, I love the cliffhanger at the end when they rolled all those credits. Like, who were those people? <laughs> what, what do they do? How are they involved? Super. I hope fun. we find out more about them next episode. That was a quite a tease. Definitely, I want to. There's something called craft services. I want to get into that. And maybe we'll see that rental car character again uh, that Pete loved so much a couple episodes back. <laughs> yeah, I hope he comes back. Fingers crossed. We never found yeah. out exactly what happened to him. Yeah, it was a real mystery at the end. Right. He was, I think where we last left him, he was dead on the floor. So yeah. what's next for him, you know? Exactly. Yeah, His exactly. story is not over. Yeah. His story is just beginning. So Tulip and Cassidy also uh, to Pete's, uh, per Pete's interests, uh, they go to a diner and uh, get some food there. Uh, and Cassidy scores kind of some drugs from a waitress. Mm-hmm. What yeah, was it? Fire Paint? retardant. Fire retardant. Yeah, that was pretty funny the way he just kind of like had that interaction with the waitress where he was just like, you don't have any and just like crack, you know, and just like goes on a crazy list of uh, drugs and inhalants. The yeah. name of the diner was the Flavor Station. Ooh, is that what it's called in your heaven hell, Pete? Nope. Oh, what's it called? Uh, I think it's called Stuckies. <laughs> Stuckies. <laughs> cool. You're stuck there. You're yeah. stuck there. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. I get it. 
Uh, I like that your religion is 50% based on puns, Pete. Uh, mm. That's much appreciated. Uh, so Tulip, meanwhile, discovers God's workshop. She figures out where Jesse is going. And everybody- she hears the jazz. Yeah. So everybody is convening on the lost apostle, including Hare Star, who heads to Australia. Uh, and yeah, it was really funny the way he like finally got the call and then got real excited. He's like, I'm going to Australia. And he's like, heads up, Hoover, too. Going to get my looks fixed. Now, yeah, that was a very aggressive, like, I'm going to come and we're going to hook up. Yeah. Yes. The, there's another thing that I was definitely missing, and I feel like it was very obvious, uh, but I just didn't pick up on it. Uh, so at, on his way out, he gets a cup of coffee, and there's a focus on the guy who's selling the coffee. Who was that guy? It's Hoover, too. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I thought it was something like earlier on where, like, somebody was poisoning somebody because, like, why would you show the guy who made the coffee? Like, Hair Star's coffee's going to be poisoned or something. It was weird. I expected it to be a, a humperdoo, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It definitely was right. not. It, well, it wasn't a humperdoo. It wasn't God. It was somebody who seemed to be wearing some sort of very scraggly fake beard, but I just did not pick up on who it was at all. Yeah, yeah it was a weird shot. Hmm. I'm Maybe it was God or uh, the rental car guy. Oh, yeah. it was probably the rental car guy. I probably think that's a fair was. guess. Yeah. Pete, how, what, uh, did it, so the, what did it feel like, Pete, when you saw the human sexual dog uh, suit of God's hanging on a hanger right there? Did well, it take you back? I think it was just so, uh, you know, Tulip could know like she really is in God's trailer. Yeah. yeah. Well, what uh, I think what Justin is asking is, based on your own experiences, what is it like to finally hang that costume up for good? <laughs> Fuck both of you guys. <laughs> Do you still keep it pressed like God does? Pete? Do you keep it pressed? <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I may oh. have crossed our vengeful God here. Oh, boy. I-, I can see Pete right now. He's in a diner. There's a trolley there. It is the <laughs> diner, and uh, he hates us. So, yeah. all right, so we'll move on. Uh, Cassidy and Tulip then rescue Jesse. They spray the fire retardant on the scene of killers to distract him. They grab him into a plane and throw him in. Uh, That's and finally, a, that was a sweet move. It's a great move. I love how great Jesse move. knows it's coming and is right on board with the plan as well. He's super into it. Uh, and then I think my favorite callback of the episode, now oh, that they're all back, say. what? I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say? Where we're going, we don't need roads. No, nope. no, not that. Big, Le- Big, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yes. Yes, uh, Jesse is like, we're going to fight God. This is what we're going to do. We're going to ask him questions. Cassie is like, yeah, I want to know what the deal is with the Big Lebowski. Yeah, you've got to ask him to explain the Big Lebowski. That was so funny. I love that. I really do hope that's paid off by the end. And <laughs> yeah. God explains the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I just want a hard cut to of God talking to in the middle of explaining Big Lebowski to Cassidy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that'll be great. I, I love calling that back. Uh, that was so much fun. That, that's been his main concern the entire time. It's also so nice to see the three of them back together, even if it's only for about two minutes of the episode. They're so good together like they're riffing off of each other and the rhythm is so great just the hey moment was hysterical yeah 
it's that, all they good. weren't yeah. having fun. It wasn't a fun reunion. I was surprised. It's interesting. I feel like this season, Tulip's been sort of into Jesse and like still feeling there's some emotion still there, I feel like, even if she's pissed also. But Jesse hasn't sort of thought about Tulip at all, I feel like, besides writing that letter. Dude, it's not true at all. What the fuck are you talking about? He's been grappling with these existential questions, and I don't think he's been thinking about her. That's bullshit, man. Read the letter. Uh, Cassidy read it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Good argument. And so (laughs) while they are in the plane, meanwhile, Hairstar is talking to God. Uh, He confesses that he he knows. God, of course, knows that they've lost Humperdew. And God calls a dingo to eat his genitals. Yep. Is what happened. The old dingo ate my baby. Uh, My future babies. Yeah, all of his babies, in fact. Uh, So Hairstar, even more mutilated than ever before. Real bummer for him. Uh, And then God. Uh, One quick moment. One moment here. God says God willing at one point. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the, they're talking about the apocalypse. And he's, yeah, yeah, will the plan work? Uh, Yes, God willing. Isn't that a little weird? God's Uh, into himself. I don't know if you've noticed. But if I was like. If I was I, like, oh, oh I'll sorry. be on time. I'll be on time for this podcast, Justin Willing. You'd be like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but you're just Justin. You're not a god, you know? So, like, he gets away with making those kinds of things. Aren't yeah. I? Oh, Except here's god. the thing, Pete. If somebody asks you if you're a god, what do you say? You say yes! Yeah, I know. That was a Pete trap right there. Yep. Throw out a Ghostbusters quote, he's oh. going to say it. Uh, so I, I took that as a joke, Justin. The, yeah. the I don't know if you've heard God of these things, thing. Justin, but it was a joke he was playing. But it made, it made me feel like that's maybe not God. I think that's a possible theory as well. I mean, maybe that's the coffee guy is the actual God who's been testing them the entire time. Oh, with this my God, guy. it's the coffee guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they possible. were Folgers crystals the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you had those? That is as close to God as you can get, is drinking a nice cup of Folgers. It's the best part of waking up. Yeah, and truly, there's no cooler, hipper coffee brand than Folgers Crystals. (laughs) Uh, This podcast was recorded in the 1980s. So uh, God blows up the nuclear bomb and knocks back Jesse's plane, at which point Jesse falls out of the plane, and the only thing holding him there is Cassidy. There's a moment right out of the comics where Cassidy is trying to hold on to Jesse, but because their son, his arm is catching on fire. Jesse knows that if he holds on to him, uh, he uh, is, Cassidy is going to die. So Jesse compels him using the power of Genesis to let him go. And Jesse falls to the ground and dies, looping back to the scene that we saw at the beginning. Meanwhile, in the plane, Tulip sees Cassidy, and earlier in the episode, when she was told Jesse died, she was very clear about, no, he absolutely didn't, because she would feel it. At yeah. this point, you can see on Tulip's face, she knows it. Jesse is actually dead. Well, uh, how'd you feel about this moment? Well, I would like to point out that we don't see Jesse make impact with the ground. We just see him falling, and it cuts to him on the ground. So uh-huh. we well, don't know. Maybe next episode we'll get a little reveal or something there. Right. You've been, uh, life works like Looney Tunes, right, Pete? Exactly. Yeah. 
He's dead. Uh, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that Cassidy and Tulip can finally get their relationship going and be happy together. No, it's a bad idea, Justin. That's what I like them as a couple. I ship them. To to jump ahead a little bit, this is getting into a little bit from the comics, but I do feel like so in the comics, it's a little unclear whether Cassidy dropped Jesse or if Jesse forced Cassidy to drop him. I felt like on screen they played it pretty clearly that Cassidy was actually holding on to him. Uh, What was your take? Is there any ambiguity there? No. And I mean, there was like a little bit of pause before he let him go, but he let him go, you know, and it was super clear. Whereas in the comic, they played with that a little bit. Yeah. Well, he used Genesis. I mean, how could he not? Like it was pretty cleanly. Jesse made him let him drop him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Any other notes you guys want to talk about from this particular one? Hmm. Pete, anything on your Con Ed bill you want to read off there? Yeah, any yeah. car I mean, notes I just, or anything? It's a little higher than it used to be. I just, I just think it, it was such a funny choice to have this whole, like, bloody Kiwis thing running throughout the episode. It was just such a fun take on what seems like such a smiley, happy people. So it was really, yeah, I'm just really impressed with these uh, last season so far. They're really uh, doing a great job of storytelling, and I couldn't be happier with it. Yeah, they're keeping up the fun. It's funny while still telling the story. I I want to see more Eugene, uh, Tulip and Cassidy kissing on the lips. And... uh, and find out what, what else can happen to Hairstar. There we go. All right. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Preacher. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. And also at Men Preacher for preacher-specific content. You can check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Subscribe and comment on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you next Sunday on Preacher Men. Uh, Pete, one last religion question. If I die with a bunch of ketchup packets in my pocket, do I get to take them to diner hell? Nope. Wow. <laughs>